Okay, so you need to help us, all of you, you listeners, you need to help us solve this conflict. We need you to do a little bit of arbitration for us. It's been a really bad conflict for us for the last 30 seconds. That's right. So here's the thing. Whose fault is it that the theme song from Shaun the Sheep is stuck in our heads right now? Is it me? Because I introduced us to the show like two years ago. Or is it Becca because she was just singing it over and over again incessantly for the last 15 <laughs> seconds? So that's really the question. It, um, if some, if you get a song stuck in your head, is it the person who last sang it's fault or the person who introduced you to the song first? Or the person who last approved the children to watch it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the question. <laughs> There's so many options here. I don't know. I don't know who to blame. I, but, I, uh, no, I no, feel I'm sorry. Like I do know who to blame, <laughs> but I feel like it's fair of me. I'm being I'm being magnanimous to offer it up to, to the listeners. I really feel like it's the fault of the person who first introduced the song to the Just, household because the song really wouldn't unlikely. exist really we in don't, our we world. We don't get popular music stuck in our heads, no. We get theme songs from children's movies <laughs> and TV shows in our head. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. It's true. So yeah, we're here tonight, and um, I have been um, uh, without wait, hearing wait, wait. in one... Who are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Tim, and <laughs> we have decided to start this episode, the 54th episode of the Good Words Podcast, uh, with a, a little bit different uh, thing. So here you are. You you are listening to a new episode of the Good Words Podcast. It's it's not It's not a trick. This isn't a lie. It's really happening. We started I, it without our names. Is that your, what you're saying is different? <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe people would be confused, but I thought it'd be fun to like to mix it up a little, change the way things worked. Okay. Here we are. <laughs> Added a little spice. <laughs> yes, a little spice. It's spicy in the way that our four-year-old says things are spicy when he really just means they're different. <laughs> Like pop, soda pop is spicy to him because it's got a little fizz on it. And he thinks that's spicy. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I am going without hearing in one ear. Um, it's a good thing you have two ears. It's true. It is very good. It's, um, yeah, it's been this way for the past week because of bad ear infection. Um, so today we were singing in church. Now, and if, I, if I pan your audio all the way to the left in the final mix of this podcast, when you listen back to it, you won't be able to hear yourself at all. Then, yes, then you'll finally have achieved what you've been wanting. But it's really me. Like, I am the one that wants to listen to the version of the podcast where it's just me talking. (laughs) Yes, you'll have tricked me into just editing myself out completely. It seems like a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know why I said that. Okay. Um, But yes, let me finish my story. No, because it's more fun to interrupt you. (laughs) <laughs> so um I so I was trying to sing at church today but you know how when you cover both of your ears like you you sound you can't hear yourself I mean you can't hear the things around you you just hear yourself Sure and so it's like for some reason with even just one ear blocked it's like my singing was so loud. It was so hard for me to find like the right key. I was like, eh. you couldn't follow. You couldn't follow the, the music. That makes sense. Exactly. I wonder what that is. If it's like you're too focused on yourself or it's just like, like if it's like a subconscious thing. 
but it was kind of awful. And so I was like, so I was like, it would help if I pressed on the ear that I couldn't hear out of to like be able to, for some reason, hear the music. But then I didn't want the people around me to be like thinking that I was like, didn't want to hear them or that I was oh, like, that'd such be a so funny because the, the person in the row right behind you be like, oh, my singing's bad. She's covering her ears because I'm so bad. <laughs> Aren't you always a little bit afraid of that? Or is that just me? When you're singing in church and there's someone sitting in front of you, are you a little bit afraid that they're like thinking that you're singing is bad? I'm not afraid. That's just me. Okay. Now we know. (laughs) It's a fear I have singing in public. Is that like secretly the person in front of me is like, oof. Do you think you have a bad voice? Sometimes, yeah, it's just like a little bit of an irrational fear. Like I shouldn't really care that much. And I guess I think I have an amazing voice. Sometimes I think <laughs> like like even if my singing was just average, the problem is that people will hear me because I sing a little too loud. You do sing loudly. Yeah. To be fair. So I think that's maybe a fair like <laughs> I feel like there's some some validity to that fear. Yes, they definitely hear you. Yes. The room hears you, but you have a nice voice, so it's okay. Thank you. Sort of an embarrassing story from um, high school is when I was in band, and the band director uh, would comment on my posture because I was a trumpet player. And when you're a trumpet player, if you have good posture, then the trumpet points, you know, straight out at a ninety degree angle from your from uh, you know from your your spine, the 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 plane of your spine. And um, so that meant that the sound was projecting very well. The band director could hear me playing very well, where he couldn't hear the rest of the trumpets uh, in the trumpet section playing quite as well. Now, the band director did comment that that wasn't necessarily a good thing because I was not the best player in the trumpet section. (laughs) Generally was the last chair a lot of times. I thought you were going to, it was going to be a show choir story. And I thought that was going to be the embarrassing no, that you no. were in so quiet. It was to just begin like, with. like people can hear me. Like I give it my all. <laughs> you do in the moment. You I'm do. I'm not going to give it my all when it's time to practice and actually become good at something. But I'm going to give it my all in the moment and make sure that I do it perfectly. You know. Yeah, yeah. Way to be in the moment. In you the know. Moment. I think I think that's admirable. Do you? And yeah, I do. I yeah. Mm. Yes, that's true. So, but today I felt really self-conscious singing. So, I'm sorry. I mean, because I sounded so loud in my own head. So, I guess maybe that's what you always experience is that maybe you always sound loud. I am always loud, though. I know the difference. (laughs) I know it's not just. Everyone who's listening to this is thinking right now, like, yes, Tim, stop talking. But it's, well, you know, but it was a great gift in Peru when you hopped up on stage and preached and didn't have like a little microphone um, Mm. at that one part. Um, It was a great gift because you could project to the whole room quite easily. It's something. If I if I ever had to like go back to the, yeah, a place where they didn't have. You don't need a mic, man. There you go. That's the thing. It is a thing. Seems see. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's a little embarrassing. I have a little bit of a sensitivity around it. Do you? A little bit, yeah. A little see, bit ashamed. Okay, speaking of, so you were speaking talking of things that you're ashamed of. <laughs> please go on. I cannot wait to hear what happens next. Um. Well, so you were saying how the band Oof, teacher. You're a little loud. Let me turn you down. <laughs> Shut up. Just because I can't hear properly, I don't know what my volume is. Um, but um, so 
we were reading more of wild things um, about bringing up boys. And um, yes, it's been a while since we've picked up that book, but um, we the name of the book again. is Wild Things. And um, yeah, and um, it was talking about naming things, like naming your names being pronounced right. over your kids. So I wonder if like like and so they were saying that you know it leaves the scars of like shame and mm. and um pain, you yes. know like it scars your heart when things are spoken over you that are like bad, you know? And so I wonder if the band teacher saying that to you has like kind of messed up or if there was another instance where yeah. you were told that you were loud or something and that that kind of like made you feel weird or something. Uh. You're absolutely right. I, I think it did. I, I think that 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 image. It's. I was thinking about that today. I was like, "What is the message that I got from some of those experiences?" Because um, I'm like thinking th- because one of the examples in the book was about uh, a a boy who um, like got onto the junior varsity baseball team, but overheard the coaches talking when they thought they were alone yeah. saying like oh he'll he doesn't have the frame to ever be a good varsity player he'll never be able to hack it he won't be strong enough or something like that and um i was thinking about that thing like that pronouncement i was like i have had experiences where like the words of teachers and people in, in positions of authority have like stuck with me um like in sports I didn't care about sports very much, but um, I did keep going out for sports <laughs> and I kept participating because I was like, hey, let's go do something. It'll be fun. Um, but not football. I did track and um, I did track like three years, three years in high school. Sure. And um, I didn't ever do very great at it, but I kept trying new things. And then there was the one infamous track meet where I tripped over every hurdle yes. in the, um, it was some hurdle race. I don't remember what that I had never run before. I think it was like a 400 meter. No, 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 no. It had to have been longer than that. It had been like an 800 meter hurdle race at some height that I had never run before. Yeah. So I was like, Whoa, is that the, is that correct? Are they supposed to be that tall? Yeah. And I, I hit every single hurdle, tripped over a few of them. Uh, but kept going, you know, just kept going. No one else wanted to run that. So it wasn't like I was taking it away from someone who was going to be good at it. I went to a small school. So it was always like there was a right. bunch of events in the track meet that no one w- wanted to participate in. Right. And so then the next day after the meet, the coach like sat or went down and was like, I am tired of people complaining about not them not getting into the events they want to get into. Take Tim here, for instance. I asked him to go run the hurdle race. And he said, sure, no problem, coach. I'll go do it. Now, did he do a good job at it? No, but he gave it his all. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially like, I'm like thinking through like that and the band thing. I'm like, oh, like I'm enthusiastic. <laughs> about so you the know that about yourself. But I'm not good at things naturally. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm naturally talented. And I think that that was such a crazy message that got taken away because you actually pick up on skills really quickly. A lot of skill, different mm. skills, like um, you're very fast at picking up. So I feel like that that message was kind of like messed up in your head. And you're probably right, but like I can't turn it down. Like it's just there. Like once those things get spoken over you they really get embedded. Do you have they any do. examples of that? Well, they do. Like, I think I may have brought this up in a 
past episode, but um, one of the things with um, was at preschool and mm. a preschool teacher had said that I was never going to make it in the world, like meaning because I was like really socially awkward and stuff. Mm. And so I feel like that that like was this huge pronouncement that like shaped like the course of things for me in a lot of ways because I was like, whoa, there's something wrong with me. Like there's something so noticeably wrong that someone is saying like, I shouldn't even be in this world because Ugh. like, you know, and, it, but, but the thing is, is they're so deep inside us, but I do feel like God um, gives us these opportunities to like dig them out, you know, like I feel like. By giving I've, us podcasts to talk on. Exactly. Yes, everyone <laughs> has a podcast where they get to thera- therapize their something. Uh, yes, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> but um, I feel like that one had gotten dug out, but it's even getting further dug out now that my kids are hitting that age. So I wonder if that'll happen when they start going out for sports more with Ooh, you. But but it's like, right. you know, um, Simon's play therapist was telling us to put a list of um, good things about preschool. And it's just so crazy to me because here I am like trying to write a list of good things about preschool. And like my first reaction is like, you get to meet evil incarnate. And so it will make you be a better person. But, But like, I feel like that there's still like that kid inside of me that like as an it's adult so I'm wounded, like right I'm like as an adult I'm like yeah the lady was probably tired and probably didn't know how to react to me maybe I hurt her feelings because people that are anxious could be a little bit grumpy Abrupt. and mean sometimes yeah. you know and so who knows what happened like and so that's the adult part of me but like the inside still has this irrational feeling of like preschool is bad and mm. and I just feel like you know I've thought so often that there's no way that I would send my kids to preschool. Like, you know, I would move heaven and earth to not make that happen. But then here I am like super sick, need to send them to preschool. The other preschools are filled up. So it's like, we're not getting to send them to a Christian school or even public school. We're sending them to a local private preschool, which was exactly my experience. And Uh, it sends me like into all this anxiety, uh, except I think it will be a good experience, but you know, I, I just think it gets it gets in there and then there's still part of you that's always still you know, living can, in can that moment. Wounded. Still suffering yeah. that same pronouncement, can that go, name. Yeah, to, can go back into that moment. Ah. Interesting. It's yeah. so fascinating that that's what this like chapter was about like like this identity stuff again like it's so much about we we keep coming back to it it's like parenting is about parenting yourself first (laughs) like learning to to process these things as yeah right like we were kind of having to parent our yeah we're having to parent ourselves again in some ways and like for instance you know this with this whole preschool list and everything um about the good things there's also this reality of like beforehand you know i'm like it could still be hard for you but here's some good things to look at sure. so it's like it's not so all bad child. yeah it's like it could be hard but here's some good things but so. i'm not setting his expectations that it's going to be easy uh, where it's like your mom um got uh married this this weekend your yes. dad you know had passed away um a year and a half ago and so um, she got married this weekend. And so beforehand we were talking to our son and like, 
like the play therapist again had talked about telling him like setting expectations like this could be hard there's a right. lot of things going on this could be an emotional Confusing time for things. you yeah emotional scary upsetting whatever and everything in me wanted to be like no we're not going to say that to our kid like, oh we're yeah not gonna, no, like, we'll pretend that everything's going to be fine okay and that no one's going to have a hard time with it it's a party like yes. you know and you just kind of as a parent you just kind of cross your fingers for these hard events and just say it's going to be great to cross your fingers <laughs> and like hope. do the tigger thing right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then then it's like a shocker for the kids and for you when it all goes bad and i think it sends such a harsh message to the kids because it's like they're thinking i'm at a party and why am i having all these hard everyone feelings ex- everyone set the expectation that this was going to be fine and easy why am i having a hard time with it and there's something wrong with me then gotcha yeah 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 that's a good thing to watch out for that's a tough line to walk because like they don't need to know all the details about every emotion or everything that you're fearing but it's like when there's things coming up that are going to be challenging that are a big like looming on the horizon like preschool or or whatever like it's good to talk about them honestly yeah because they already get it like i mean our three-year-old even like at the wedding the wedding went pretty good it was just like it it did like it was a celebration and it no one had any crazy meltdowns but i think some of it was setting the expectations because then the very night after we had you know talked about how it could be hard and stuff simon was able to open up about some of his fears Mm. about the wedding and stuff and i think setting the expectations helped oh and our three-year-old like super sharp sometimes it's surprising to me like how much he remembers how much he picks up on how well he's listening because then like he totally went up to one of you know, my dad's friends who was at the thing at the wedding that was like, talk to him about grandpa. It was just so weird. It was like out of about the About grandpa dying. Right. And so it's like the connections are already there in their heads. Oh, yeah. Like they already get they it. What's like what's, on. what's going to be hard or what's weird. Like they sense already it's weird. Sure. And so then it's like us as parents pretending it's not weird or mm. like, or pretending that it's all bad. Like, I think it's hard to pretend it's hard to have like a balanced look at things and not say it, like not think it's all bad or it's all good in any event, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. And so then setting our own expectations, like for the wedding, like, okay, this could be hard. Like I felt a lot of freedom then too of like, hmm. maybe I'll have like some weird feelings while I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Like I just don't, it, it's still so, it still feels so unnatural to expect feelings, to acknowledge that they are happening or are going to happen. Yeah. Because it just seems so much more work to do that. It feels really like it'd does. be so much less work to just pretend that no feelings ever happened. Right. It would be. But that's how that's what got us into this mess. <laughs> like, exactly. That's not going to work. Exactly. That is. It definitely got us into a mess. And so thus we're, you know, trying to learn how to be more open and set different expectations. This chapter talked about um, also like uh, buying into your kids' um, dreams and being willing to experience the disappointment with them. Right. Like not trying to control their dreams or like make them aim for things that are achievable, but like being in the moment with them. Yeah. Not setting more realistic goals. Like they were saying to not do that. And I was like, Oh, that'll be 
a challenge. And they included in that, like as an example of being with a person who's grieving and instead of trying to like grieving fi- a dream, grieving a dream specifically, like, like they had this example from the movie Little Miss Sunshine, which I remember seeing, I mean, years ago when it first came out, but like I enjoyed that movie a lot, but we haven't watched it again since then. And uh, yeah, this like this teenage kid who wants to be a pilot. And when he sees, he finds out like while he's on this road trip with his family, he finds out that he's colorblind from one of those like colorblind tests in a book. And, and he's like, I don't get it. What's, what's the big deal? And like the, one of the adults is like, well, you can't, you can't fly fighter jets if you're colorblind. Like they don't let, you know, you can't have vision problems like that if you're flying fighter jets. And that was like what he wanted to do. That was his dream. And like, he just like was so super into that dream. He was completely committed to that dream. And then he lost that dream. And all of a sudden in a moment all came crashing down. And like the example of his little sister, like sitting beside him, like, grieving the dream with him just being with him in the moment being present like she just laid her shoulder on his or like her head on his shoulder right right and that was like grieving and that was enough and he was able to kind of pick up the pieces and keep going and i'm like how often do i do that to our dreams where i want to make them more realistic or like tone them down so that because we might miss it you know (laughs) whereas if you make these little tiny achievable goals and you can keep hitting them and feel really great yeah whereas like then you're not taking those great leaps you know and then Mm -hmm. they were talking about the side effect of that is like kind of a a depression and boredom and and stuff like in males of of not not of not jumping after the big thing yeah going after the big fish right if you don't go after something big like that, if you don't have any more big dreams, if all your dreams have been crushed by the world <laughs> and life and, you know, missed expectations, then yeah. Then there's very likely that you might just fall into a trap of just, um, you know, being like just not finding excitement anymore in things and losing the excitement of yeah. all of, you know, the past interests and stuff and kind of flatlining and right. And not saying, like, not everybody has, like, these big dreams that they're always going after and stuff. So, I mean, some people I don't think are really that way, but I I don't know. But I think that there's just, um, I mean, I guess that there's just a danger, though. Well, that right about there, that danger, to... I feel like that's got to be the thing that people, like, that's the quintessential midlife crisis, right? Because you've stopped jumping towards something and then you're just you kept, like... You just kept adjusting your expectations and adjusting your dreams to be smaller and smaller and smaller. And then eventually, after a certain number of years, you just kind of run out of juice and you realize how ridiculous this has all been. But that's talking about a person, too, that's been, like, shut off, like, shutting off emotionally. Like, if they're a person that's connecting, but maybe their dream isn't, like to fly around the world like or something crazy you know like i don't know why that would be crazy but <laughs> like in a balloon right to fly around the world in a balloon it might not be like 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 this crazy dream that they go after but yeah. it was talking about you know just being able to be emotionally connected and if you're if there is something you're closing down or you're shutting off then like the emotional connection 
your ability to connect to those around you is going to go down too. Like if your dream is to go to Alaska and find, you know, your father who <laughs> gave you up for adoption and then like win a sled dog race and like, you know, survive falling off a cliff. And... Are you talking about something that was noticed by a butt or like it's <laughs> informed not... <laughs> by, not inspired by, or even based upon, but informed by a story? <laughs> like what does that even mean? That's the weirdest so, thing ever. We just, we just watched... Oh, we watched a movie. Would you call it a movie? Oh, it was a movie. Snow Dogs. Starring Cuba Gooding Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Wild and Crazy Kids for those of us that grew up. Oh, is that what he was in? I'm pretty sure. Was it somebody in Wild and Crazy Kids? Wasn't that a Nickelodeon thing? It was. I I thought that that was where I thought that was where I knew it from, but maybe not. That's funny. No, I, I have no idea. Like, I think I saw him in Deep Blue Sea. And uh, that's probably it. I don't remember anything else he's been in. But um, yeah, this this movie. Um, I, I think people we, people. I think we're the only people, like the last people in the world, to have not seen Snow Dogs. But we did watch it with our kids tonight, <laughs> <laughs> and and it was special. Oh, it was special. <laughs> it was special. So I'm like, look at this up. Like this movie just goes on and on and on, and it's like they did not edit nearly enough out of this movie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> And then another stupid thing happens. And there's so many times that this guy should have died. Right? I'm like, this is real peril. Like, he really should have died. Like, he was chased. These are, like, actual things I'm afraid of. Being chased by bears, sliding down a steep snowy hill and hitting my head on a tree, falling through the ice. Like, I feel like these are all things, like, I was repeatedly warned about as a child. Like, I don't understand why they're making so much fun of it. Well, and then, like, he just kept having this catch phrase again and again like where he would talk to his dad and he just kept saying i did pretty good for a, a city slicker or a city slicker or a <laughs> any number of things didn't i dad like his his dad that was you know gave him up for adoption a very they confusing had this weird story. adventure it it was odd it was really strange and so i looked it up on imdb while i'm was not watching the movie and um the writer of snow dogs was the same uh writer who wrote national treasure and rush hour and i'm like thinking through this going like yeah okay that kind of makes sense actually (laughs) those are sort of ridiculous movies (laughs) like i really enjoyed rush hour when i was younger um but i did not enjoy national treasure all that much like Okay, so here's here's a question for you. Um, so in the book, they were talking about like meeting your boys where they're at, mm. and so they're like, you might have to watch like a dumb Adam Sandler movie and meet him where he's at. But so that was something that I'm not sure that I agreed with because you brought up Rush Hour, and I was like, ah, eh, those like not a great movie, yeah, like right. but, like not the cleanest movie, or you know, right, different right. movies that aren't the cleanest. And and I'm thinking like, would you? Like, would you join your, like, you were saying you liked it when you were younger. Like, would you join your, like, more, like, college-age adolescent boy in, like, stupid humor movies? Or, like, would you... Oh, man, that's hard. Would you not to try to keep them, like, watching things that you That I approve, approve of. of. Like, not, like, giving my approval to something that I think is is, you know, gross or dishonoring. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a hard one because I'm like when I was that age I think I wanted 
my dad's like involvement. Like I wanted him to watch like the dumb shows that I watched, like, or the movies that I thought were funny. Like I wanted him to like see that part of me. I think that that's going to be really hard to figure out in the moment. Like it's going to depend specifically on what's in it, but like that's, Oh, because you like you wanted him to see that stuff, but w- did some of you just want him to like give a give him to give you approval so that like sort of, you... I'm thinking more like in the teenage years where I was already kind of past the like approval stage. Like, of course, I want their approval still, but it was like you were past the approval in the teenage years. Whoa. Well, when it comes to things like TVs and TV and movie, where I had already like become independent in those things. Oh, where I was... didn't realize that you were already independent on that. Yeah, like. Like they try. I guess I still wanted approval. To they tried to shape and guide me and push me towards good things, but I still wandered off in my own way and read whatever books and watched whatever movies and TV I really wanted to, like within reason, like whatever. So it wasn't so that you could just feel okay about watching something that would was less was like off color or something or like yes like i was already willing to watch that and so then i wouldn't have been seeking that really but more just like i feel like there's a subtle difference like i would want them to find it funny like there's a subtle difference but it's still definitely a sense of approval in there like it's a mixture it's not just wanting the approval so that i can feel okay about it for myself it's like wanting that connection Interesting. And that since movies and like music and stuff are oftentimes what teenagers are Using really into. And oh and yeah, and they're super into it, yeah. Then like you find a common ground there to be involved in. Yeah. That's tricky. That's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, that'll be hard because I already feel pretty strongly about I mean that was that was our very first argument. Dating, we'll never was watch what Snow movies. Dogs again. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> okay, fine. <There's... laughs> um, but that was like our first dating fight was that I felt yeah. like pretty strongly that some of the stuff you were watching wasn't great. Oh, you yeah. Know? That was a big fight. Yeah. And so that was like one of those first like, do you break up? Do you keep dating? You know? And so I feel like that that's going to be a hard one of like... I don't know. I I have such strong feelings about different shows or movies. And then other things are fine with me that maybe wouldn't be for other people. Mm-hmm. But it's like whatever I think is like always super strong in my head. Yes. And yeah. it comes to the point where it's it can become kind of judgmental. Where it's like if they really like something that you don't approve of. Yeah. Then I'm like kind of shaming that part of them where I'm like, if you like in my head, I get to like, if you watch this, like you're gross. It's kind of right. where I go. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's going to be a challenge for sure. <laughs> Let's go back and listen to this uh, 10 years from now. We'll see how that's been going. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Right now they, um, Yes, we get to control things pretty well. Like, they don't have a whole lot of independence in that stuff. I know, and I'm already, like, is this cartoon, like, I'll think to myself, like, is this one, like, is there too much motion? Is it educational enough? Like, I'm already, like, judging it really hard. And you're so funny, too, because, like, you hate, like, fart jokes. (laughs) 
when, <laughs> when like oh my gosh when yeah there's things in tv or movies that are like burp or fart jokes you are just so grossed out and you think it's so awful and i'm like i'm just waiting for the boys to figure so I that guess out it's already happening because yes. andrew finds that hilarious like yes that but he stuff. hasn't quite realized just how much he can torture you with it if he like really goes all in on but that. but i'm saying i'm already doing that where i think like once he becomes smarter or less gross, he'll stop finding that stuff funny. Hmm. That's what I think in my head. Okay. How judgmental and horrible is that? That's not good because I'm telling you what, they're going to find it funny for a while. <laughs> well, because if you were laughing at jokes right now that were like that, I would think that you were kind of stupid. And I know I never restrain myself because I laugh inside. <laughs> I keep it all inside. <laughs> <laughs> until you become depressed and your dreams are crushed. <laughs> I just wish I could watch Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> and laugh at fart jokes. <laughs> oh, well. Um, well, and it's funny because, like, I will definitely watch a lot of stuff that is pretty dark and will have things in it, you know, and and yet I'm, like, very judgmental about a lot of, like, comedy stuff. Mm. And so I think, like... I I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird how that plays out. Yeah, I mean, we all have our things that we yeah. I mean, yeah. but that would feel terrible if somebody was judging me for what I was watching and thinking like I was like evil or stupid or immature <laughs> based on that. You know, like mm, like it would rough. feel pretty bad. Like that's rough. But that's what we all do. That's what we do to each other. Anyway. Yeah. So it's hard because I think like, you know, we've come to this place where we kind of know or we still talk about like what's what's OK for us to watch what, you know, like what as a family we will watch and what we feel good about. But then it's going to be more complicated when our kids are getting older and have more. <laughs> Once say. they have minds of their own, <laughs> everything's going to go downhill really fast. <laughs> Well, uh, and they were talking about um, in this this book, this phase, the most important thing about getting to the heart of a boy up until they're eight is mm -hmm. just time spent because oh, um, yeah. observing like, them, becoming students of their character so that they're comfortable with you because they've spent so much time with you by the time they're eight that then you can still talk and have good relationship with them when they're older. Yeah. Like they're talking about developing the comfort between the you know the rapport between right. the family right it is so interesting but yeah observing. i hope we can build that that's one of my big hopes like i don't know like that's one of the things i'm afraid of and i hope for is that we'll have that kind of relationship with our boys like that they will have felt that like closeness to us they won't just be like a distant where were they right hmm. yes yeah and i i think the the thing that was challenging for me with this book was just it talked a lot about um you know what the boys will be like when they're older and stuff and that they'll start giving you answers like nothing and no but i mean our kid is already doing that like at mm -hmm. 4 and so i think that that's what's really he's shutting tricky down for me is that emotions. he's already shut shutting down and i'm like wait what's happening this isn't supposed to be happening until he's like way older so i don't know i think um well hopefully a preschool teacher can tell you exactly what's wrong with your son <laughs> and exactly how badly he's going to do in the world 
<laughs> I mean, there's making it and there's not making it. These and, are the levels. And that... this is something that you need someone to tell you, you know, when they're four or five. When, it pa- when you write pass fail in the report card, what you're really saying is <laughs> they're either going to pass and make it as a human in the world right. or they're going to fail and be an alien. They're for either the rest a waste of, of, of oxygen or they're, you know, they're, they're amazing and perfect. Those are the only two options. That's, yep. That, that really sums it up. I think we're going to do fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our kids definitely won't have complexes about that. Okay. <laughs> but you were talking, though, about like um, the observing part of being a student of your kids. Oh, you just like watching them. Like they were just talking about like just like, and there was, I felt pretty good about it. Like, like knowing things about, you know, their friends about what they like what they want to eat how they enjoy brushing their teeth what they enjoy reading like the different movies and books and stuff that they like like just really observing and knowing like being able to observe and know all those things about them I'm like yeah that sounds fun like that sounds like like I do want to know that stuff about them I'm looking forward to all of that and I feel like I'm already getting some of that stuff I already see some I can't remember all the things that listed off yeah. Well, and I think, you know, you did something kind of fun. We went uh, while we were walking a little bit. Um, you asked mm-hmm. them like, you know, a time that they were happy and stuff and just getting to like hear. And over dinner, we asked about a time that they were sad. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually got responses, which was kind of crazy. Right? Even the three year old was able to like put together. I was more shocked about the four-year-old, like, not shutting us out. Yes, he didn't shut us out either. Like, I knew he could do it, but, like, he actually chose to do it. It was this kind of crazy thing. Well, and I think that this is so hard for me because I feel like with shutting out and, and different things, like, I feel like I can feel these negative things about how my kid is. And instead of speaking, like, the positive in into them and stuff, you know, like... Like I, I had a friend who was noticing, um, like that I was kept saying, um, like my three-year-old's more optimistic, my four-year-old's a little bit more pessimistic and stuff. And she was saying, um, that she noticed that. And she's like, you know, instead of maybe saying this in a negative, she's like, I can just feel your frustration about the pessimism. Mm. And she's like, Maybe instead, you know, like when they're there, like speaking, speaking into the weakness, like seeing, seeing the rough gem that they, that that is going to be like that, that seeing that rough weakness and seeing that that weakness is going to be turned into like a strength, you know, and speaking into that strength of like, wow, you're really, you know, a observant and stuff about the situation or you're really like trying to see what the strength is like right instead of that like oh yeah that's a good yeah boy it's gonna be tough like i'm afraid of sounding patronizing though yeah but i i feel i feel it so much because i feel so much frustration with our our four-year-old right now and stuff because I feel like I see so much of myself and so I feel the negativity like coming out and so I mean even daring to think of the weaknesses as being a strength is kind of crazy interesting because 
like when we were talking, it was like, I had no doubt that he was able to think of emotions like and connect emotions to events. Like he's aware, he's so aware and he's so quick. Like I know he'll just like be able to come up with something, but the fact that he was able to share it, that's the challenge. Like that's the thing he has, he's been working on. Right. Right. I mean, so like, what about you? Like if you have a weakness and stuff, like, do you, see through what the future strength will be of that no, weakness no. or like no it's like it feels like um that's what i'm saying it feels patronizing it's like thinking about the strength like i can't think of the strength without undercutting it that is the weakness you did that when i was saying i was being for real about the peru thing about it being a gift that you could just project wherever we went like and i went straight into the like oh i'm too you loud. thought that i was being patronizing because you're like oh that's like a big thing like you were kind of making fun of that i uh, was complimenting you like it was like a nothing compliment. well i'm uncomfortable with compliments also so i'm going to do whatever i can to shut down the compliment so i don't have to feel it because i hate them right right but i feel like that that was a real destiny thing where your loud voice like came in handy <laughs> like you're meant to preach and under under like you know uh no under no. whatever countries underdeveloped countries <laughs> Mm-hmm. this is a really uncomfortable thing for me to hear because I'm like, how do I shut that down and keep her from ever saying that ever again? <laughs> but it's something that you can't stop me from saying because it's deep in my heart because I feel like it's true. And that's the most frustrating thing about being married is that you've got things deep in your heart that I cannot get rid of. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's just as deep as any negative thing that was spoken over me is these good things that I know about you. Like they're is deep inside of my heart, mm. you know? Like, you'd have to take a crowbar there to get it out. Gotcha. Like, you can mess up the rest of like the you, way, but there's certain things that are locked in there. Like the way Cuba Gooding Jr. loves <laughs> blue cheese so much <gasps> right. that he just has to eat it whenever he sees it. And, you know, his, his father had that same love of blue cheese. <laughs> like, that's deep in his heart, and he can't get rid of it, no matter how badly right. he wants to. Right, it was their connection. Like, no matter how terrible the dad was and had given up the fact that they both love blue cheese really brought them together it did man i am so glad that we had so much material to work with from this movie (laughs) me me too (laughs) Uh, i feel like i want to find an animated gif of (laughs) it's really just a great metaphor for this entire podcast really is i thought i thought that would i thought that would work do you want the animated gift of him just pouring blue cheese in his mouth? Yes. It was so gross. <laughs> so gross of trying to eat it. It's <laughs> 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 disgusting. <laughs> Changing gears a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Becca, um, why don't you tell our wonderful listeners about what's been going on with you this week, about your the, the new things that um, have been um, confounding and frustrating our attempts to have a normal life. Oh, the, well, the ear infection The ear thing. infection, exactly. So, yeah, like, the doctor was, like, that she had never seen anything like it except, like, a scuba dive that went wrong, <laughs> you know? And so she's like, you should have at least gotten to go to the Caribbean or scuba dive or something. And right. I'm like, no kidding. Right. I, I don't know where it came from, but I think it's just, like, all this autoimmune nervous system stuff continues right. to just 
baffle us. And so it was just interacting with all the rest of everything oh, that yeah. I have going on. Made so I was sick. just so sick. Made and you puke. Yeah. So it was it was a it was another rough week. Oh my gosh, yes. It you was, were in so I much have, pain. I have no idea how you got any work done. I did we it barely... all at night and I waited until you were better and I jammed it all in on Friday afternoon and Saturday afternoon. And it like started uh, during your mom's wedding, like the oh, whole thing right. started. And yeah, then... you were kind of complaining the night before a little bit. And right. Like... And then during that day, it got worse. And then it, and then I, I don't even know how we got to see your sister. First thing stuff, Sunday but morning. I'm glad that yeah, we did. that's another reason we got missed... to see her somewhat yeah. anyway. Yeah, I had family visiting from these coasts, so got to hang out and, and talk with them a little yes, bit. Yes, a delight. Yeah, very fun. And so, yeah, that was good to get some time. But yeah, you were you were out of it. <laughs> you were wiped out by this ear infection. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, yeah, I it was it was a weird one. I, it was like making me cry and all these things and i'm just like oh my goodness like why is this of all things doing this and then the pharmacist like had this crazy thing with percocet like the doctor was like give this girl percocet and like she knew that i could short time take it even like right because really it's like it should just together. be like two or three days of the worst of the year infection should be over and so she knew I could take it, but the pharmacist was like, well, we only let you have like six Percocet a day, which is insane. Right. Like, that's a very low number. Like, and and so they wouldn't let us, even though the doctor was trying to prescribe it. So, yeah, it's like you learn all these things as an adult in the medical system in our in the United States. It's like, oh, yeah, it doesn't actually matter what the doctor wants to do to treat you. Like, you still have to jump through the hoops of the insurance company. And the pharmacy company, like because Walmart has a corporate policy and all this stuff, it's like you'll never get more than this many Percocet. And it's like, okay, yeah, so everyone else gets there. And then the government and then this and then that and all these other like everyone gets a say in how you get treated. Which was something amazing about Nepal that you could just go and get your pharmaceuticals without Uh any doctor. Yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, there's definitely things going on at that pharmacy that looked a lot like drug dealing, like traditional, you know, <laughs> trading of drug dealing. So, on the other hand... I think it was just selling stuff back, though. and Like unused and, medications. And he was really knowledgeable. And so, legit. he'd really work with you and could do some testing like a doctor sure. would do, but it would just be right there at the pharmacy. It yeah, was awesome. It totally worked for us. It kept us really healthy while we were there. No, I was very sick, but, <laughs> but the medicines were very easy to get and you don't have to like jump through a million hoops yes there's the bright lining isn't it though silver isn't it yet there is a real problem with opioid abuse and addiction in the country and so i get people really wanting to do something about making it better but yeah but but not by taking it away from those that are they know a lot of pain. And That's like, the thing is they don't know if you're going to be in pain now or if you're going to be an addict three days from now. Uh, it's like assuming everybody, like looking at them with these shaded cynical oh, yeah. glasses. They, really, they were like, like really preachy. Like I'm really tired of hearing like the, the sermons 
from our pharmacist about how you know bad Percocet is for you and how they'll never give you another one for the rest of your life. Right, and like even one of the doctors like oh, and you thought used, you used you up. thought I was an addict, and so right. you they used like up your antibiotic you eardrops too fast, also. So that was suspicious. So you weren't going to get antibiotic eardrops <laughs> <laughs> because those are awesome. <laughs> I'm going to be an addict, man. So we had to pay out of pocket for uh, those. It's just whatever. like ridiculous, like the things that happened yes you've definitely been pulled into a doctor's office though to talk about my Parkinson addiction in the past <laughs> um, after having one of our kids when I thought that they were telling me to take that much like I didn't realize it was gonna like put up flags like I How thought they I were like this I don't know Can but I they totally pulled memory? you inside and thought that you thought I was an addict oh man I don't remember this at all this is weird Totally. Okay. My my brain is is blanking all of this. I remember because it felt terrible because again, naming they were naming me a drug addict. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> oh man. Which to be fair, if there was something that actually made me feel better, would I be a drug addict? Probably <laughs> at this point. Yeah. I mean it's like So I don't... I'm not even saying it's like that. It's not impossible. Right. Right. But it just, Percocet isn't the thing that makes me feel better. That's a bad sign. <laughs> it did not take away all my pain and sickness. So. We don't need any suggestions from the audience. <laughs> just in case you're like, fingers poised over the keyboard telling her what kind of drugs she should really go find. It's okay. Don't need to know. Um, that is really the question that we would help from the audience. <laughs> what, what Solve my medical problems, Becca, please. No, no. What drug should Becca be addicted to? Become addicted. What would make me feel good? <laughs> What would make me feel the most good? Okay, Tim, here is um, a trivia question for you. Yay! I get to play a trivia game. You get to play a trivia game. So for those of you that are new listeners, listeners, um, this is... First of all, thanks for tuning in. We're 50 minutes into this podcast already, but still, we're glad you're here. We know we have a few new listeners and subscribers because we paid for an ad on a podcast app and we got a couple subscriptions out of it for sure trivia questions are a thing we do and the way this game this trivia game works is that becca finds a card there is one right answer and there are 10 clues to get to that answer the sooner i lock in a guess and we play by the honor system here i could write it down but anyway um the the more points i get Yes, exactly. So for 10 points, um, they were invented in 1958 by John C. Koss, a Milwaukee-based jazz musician. How do you spell Koss? K-O-S-S. Okay, because I've definitely seen that brand on things. Have you? Yes. And again, we talked about band earlier. Fairly certain I saw it. I mean, it says jazz musician. Okay, go on. Are you locking in? No, no, no. Nine, the idea was so successful that Japanese companies quickly designed and marketed copies. Eight, until the 1980s, they were rather large and cumbersome. Seven, in 1990, or do you want to go lock, log it and with a, do you want to lock it? I mean, not lock it, whatever I'm trying to say. No, no, go ahead. Next one. Seven, in 1990, the first cordless model was introduced. Okay, I got him. Okay, for seven points yep. locked in. Six, in 1997, the cordless models were banned in Great Britain. 
Okay. <laughs> Not sure why. Five, the operating principle consists of a stationary magnetic element uh, affixed to the frame, thereby setting up a static magnetic field. Four, extended periods of excessive use may be damaging to your health. Mm-hmm. This is what went wrong with me all along. Oh. It's been the... It's been headphone. Or, so, yes, I knew what it was. Answer away. Yes, I knew it wasn't. Sorry, listeners. Um, three, the most common cause of failure is the physical breakdown of copper wiring at junction points <laughs> on the cord. <laughs> Two, the government of France has imposed a decibel limit on all music players sold in this country, including these. One, there are miniature loudspeakers that are placed over the ears and held in place by a band or wire worn You literally the have them on your head as we speak. I'm literally staring at the answer while you're asking me the question. That's why I thought it was a funny that one. That is really pick. funny. I like that. That's really clever. Because I have giant headphones on right now. Right, so. exactly. And costs. Yeah, that is like a brand of headphone apparently like i know i've seen before somewhere so seven points well done yeah hilarious yeah. right that that they were banned in great britain the cordless models it's very strange in 1997 could have been their version of the fcc like had like a problem with the frequency they were operating on or something like maybe like you needed a broadcast radio license or to use them or maybe it's why i want to ban them in this house because i never know if you're listening to me or if you aren't because <laughs> they're he so has small one, now it's perfect and he I has can... one in his ear and oh one gosh. ears open if and he always keeps not... the open ear next to me <laughs> if you have not tried the apple uh ear pods air pods air pods they're awesome you only need to use one at a time which is great it's what i do while i'm driving basically all the time i just have one air pod uh-huh. in my ear <laughs> listening to a podcast I have a lot of podcast subscriptions and yeah, it's the best thing in the world <laughs> or the worst to your spouse would like I, he just is blankly choppy vegetables if and I'm I in was the kitchen like, chopping or stirring or cleaning I probably have one in my ear and I'm like he's not laughing at any of my jokes he's not like interacting at all like am I just being really stupid right now and so I was so insecure by the time this interaction went and then I saw his ear to the cupboard had one in where his other big huh? open ear was gaping at me well you just <laughs> kept saying things without needing a response like there was no direct questions and so i just kept going it's not in my head right which makes you feel ridiculous when you're like cracking <laughs> jokes and your spouse is just nodding hey, their head that at you. is why we have dedicated joke cracking time here on the podcast every week <laughs> all right we get together, we put headphones in where we're both listening to the same thing, each other. You still have headphones in. Do you love your headphones more than me? I'm listening to you through these headphones right now. You've had a longer relationship with headphones What's really than bad me. is if I'm listening to one of our podcasts while ignoring you. <laughs> I feel like something very, very poetic about that. You're like, podcast Becca, you're hilarious. Oh, my word. Ugh. This woman with Real right Becca. Now. <laughs> talk, talk, talk. <laughs> but you have had a longer relationship with headphones than with me, Tim. Not the same ones. I lose them and break them so quickly. Yeah. What does that say for the future of our relationship? What was, you know, this makes sense, though. Okay. So when I was 14 and I got my first job, what was the first thing that I bought with my own money? I don't know. Headphones? Headphones. headphones. So, I, I mean, and how in love you they are with your AirPods. We're a lot 
bigger. They were like harder to hide and stuff back then. I used to bring them to school and like slip them into my ear. And try to do what you can only do now. Yes. You're fulfilling your junior high fantasy of being able headphones. to shut out the world and all the teachers and just listen to whatever I want to listen to. So like was young Becca the AirPods of your life right now where you're in love with the AirPods? You'd love them. You think they're amazing. <laughs> they're so of. new and cool. You want to new talk about cool. them everywhere? Yeah, exactly. Was that was that old Becca? Yeah. And so now what is new Becca to him? Well, new Becca is um um awesome. Yeah. And cool. And the lovely. old cordless model. In your life, is that what it's like? <laughs> That's right. You're sort of, yeah, you're sort of like a pair of like really like high quality, fancy, like, like, um, oh, what's that one brand of headphones? It's really nice. Like the Grado. Well, the Sennheiser ones are very nice. Yes. That you have on your ears right now. But, you know, like a good, like wired, like, but sort of like ear surrounding and heavy <laughs> sort of suffocating and smothering and like completely blocks out everything else in the world that's sort of what you're like in headphones exactly and you know and that's kind of like what happened to your dreams uh-huh exactly we've really really managed to bring this all together somehow i'm always amazed Right. See, almost almost as like we planned it. Okay, quickly, we got to reference Snow Dogs one more time. <laughs> yes, for your wife of thirteen years, didn't I do so good on oh, the show? Oh, you did. You did so good on this show. Good girl. Good girl. Thanks. Here's a treat. <laughs> That's referencing Snow Dog. There we go. Except we it was it the father son relationship, but yes. it, it worked here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, yeah, this has been another episode of the Good Words Podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, if you have a spare moment, go ahead and leave us a rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. It does help out, helps get the show out there. Um, if you have any comments or questions for us, the hosts of this show, you can send us email at, um, uh, follow up at terribleaudio.com, which is the website where we have show notes each week, terribleaudio.com. Yes, so thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.